Welcome to the How To Dressage podcast, and in this episode, we're going to look at how to get to Grand Prix. Now, as the highest level that a horse and rider can reach in the competitive sport of dressage, Grand Prix is the ultimate goal of many. Now, although a standard dressage test is less than 10 minutes, there's actually a lot of factors that go into making a winning combination that can successfully climb the dressage levels. So within this podcast episode, we're going to take a look at the individual requirements for both horse and rider. We're going to talk about the journey to Grand Prix, and we're also going to discuss the additional resources that are needed in order to help you get there. So let's begin by first discussing the Grand Prix horse. So, although it's true to say that dressage training is beneficial for all horses, regardless of their breed, their size and their type, not every horse has the physical and mental abilities to reach the dizzy heights of top-level competition. Now, to make the journey as easy as possible, we're going to go through six qualities that a potential Grand Prix horse would need to possess. So the first quality that we're going to talk about, quality number one, is a good temperament. Now, a horse that is described as having a good temperament does not mean that the horse is docile. In fact, many dressage superstars could instead be described as being hot or overly sensitive. Instead, a good temperament means that the horse has a desire to work and a desire to learn. Now, if the horse does not want to learn or is not interested in working with enthusiasm, then he's not going to make it. So a trainable temperament is absolutely crucial. Now, the next quality, quality number two, is correct paces. So to be successful at any level within the sport of dressage, it's important that the horse has three correct and regular paces. So that's a four-beat walk, a two-beat trot, and a three-beat canter. Now, an active hind leg is also desirable. And this is one that doesn't trail out behind the horse, but instead energetically picks up and swings forward, ready for the next step. Now, out of the paces, of particular importance is the natural quality of the canter, simply because so many Grand Prix movements are based on this pace. For example, flying changes, canter pirouettes, and canter half passes. They all require a good quality canter. Now, when we look at the trot, the trot can be dramatically improved through correct training. So even if the horse's trot is nothing to get excited about, you can work miracles with that pace. However, when it comes to the canter, the scale of possible improvement is a little bit more limited. And therefore, the natural quality of the canter is important. 
Right, so moving on to quality number three, and this is favourable confirmation. So ideally, the horse should have a good shoulder and he should use his hindquarters to give an uphill impression. Now, if the horse is naturally built downhill, then he will find it much harder to execute the higher level collected movements. Now also, horses that have very long backs can find it difficult to take the weight behind and they're often very difficult to consistently ride together. Now although horses are surprising animals in terms of what they can produce even when they're not ideally shaped, in order to perform the Grand Prix movements to a good level, then the closer the horse is to the ideal confirmation then the easier he will find the work. Now, quality number four is physical and mental suppleness. Now, of course, full body and mental suppleness can be enhanced and improved upon through correct and systematic training, but there are limits. So the more naturally supple that a horse is to start off with, then the better chance he stands of being able to perform the higher level movements and also to avoid injury. Now this takes us on to quality number five, which is a natural talent for the higher movements. Now many horses are able to reach pre-St. George level and also intermediate one but very few of them have the natural ability to produce the extra movements that are required for Grand Prix, such as the PF, the Passage and the one tempi changes. Now within a horse's career, you can predict early on whether a horse is likely to get to pre-St. George level, but you cannot tell if he will have the extra something that is needed for the Grand Prix until you nearly get there. And then finally, the sixth quality that helps to make a Grand Prix horse is soundness. Now, some horses are just accident prone. And although many injuries are just bad fortune, a horse that is able to stay sound is more likely to achieve a higher degree of strength and fitness which is obviously needed to be able to perform at Grand Prix. Now, injuries require time off. And during that time, the horse loses suppleness, loses strength and loses overall fitness, which of course can set you back on your journey to the top. So a horse that is able to stay sound throughout his career is more likely to reach a higher level. Okay, so that covers the Grand Prix horse. Let's now talk about the Grand Prix rider. Because the horse is only half of the partnership and having a potential Grand Prix horse does not automatically make you a potential Grand Prix rider. Now, arguably, more important than the horse is the rider because it's the jockey's job to ride the horse and not the other way around. So, if you have the potential to be a Grand Prix rider, then you will possess the following nine qualities. So, the first quality, again, is a good temperament. Because just like the horse, 
it is necessary for the rider to have a suitable temperament and to be teachable. And this involves being able to stay calm under pressure, to be able to manage and regulate your own emotions, to have the ability to take constructive criticism, to be always looking for areas of improvement, to be able to have patience, to maintain a positive attitude, and of course, to have a willingness to work hard. Now, the next rider quality, quality number two, is to have a flexible mentality. Because the journey to Grand Prix is not a linear path, and you will experience problems and setbacks in your training. Therefore, you must have the mental flexibility to work your way around such things and the ability to alter and reset your goals to accommodate whatever it is that life and horses throws at you. So flexible mentality is a key quality. Now moving on to quality number three, and that's physical fitness and suppleness. Now, of course, it is the horse that does all the running around. However, an unfit rider will not have the fine motor control of their own body to be able to position and assist and aid the horse. So, although dressage requires the rider to make it look effortless, there's actually a lot of strength and a lot of balance involved, particularly from the rider's core. So if you do not have good core strength and balance, then you will struggle to aid the horse effectively and to ride some of the required movements. Now moving on to quality number four, and this is a clear understanding of dressage theory. Because in order for you to be able to train and execute dressage movements correctly, you must understand the theory behind each and every one of them. You must also know the building blocks of training and the order of lessons by which a horse is both physically and mentally developed. In other words, the scales of training should be your dressage bible. Now, quality number five is mental agility. So this involves having the ability to think quickly and to respond instantly, both to what the horse is doing and also to the circumstances. And this is of particular importance when riding a dressage test and when training new movements. Now, quality number six for the Grand Prix dressage rider is a high degree of coordination. So in advanced dressage, the tiniest weight change or use of an individual muscle has a huge impact on the horse and the communication between the both of you. Now, to get to the top level of dressage, you must have the ability to coordinate and control your own body. Now, this is kind of similar to being able to pat your head whilst rubbing your stomach. So you must be able to do one thing with a leg whilst your opposite hand does something entirely different. Now, quality number seven is a high degree of feel. Now, this refers to your ability to feel what it is that the horse is doing underneath you. So, is the horse tense? 
Is he straight? Is he leaning to the left or the right? Is he equal in the contact? Which hind leg is he moving? And only by feeling the horse underneath you can you follow his movement without hindering him, time your aids correctly and influence his overall way of going. Now quality number eight is discipline. So a dressage rider is not made in a week. It takes several years of dedication and discipline in order to acquire the knowledge and the physical skills needed to train and ride a Grand Prix test. Now although you will face many setbacks and may have to go back to the drawing board several times, in light of such difficulties you must not be seduced by shortcuts which never work out in the long run. And also, on cold, wet and dark days, you need to have the discipline to stick to your plan and train, even though you might not feel like it. Because it is only through small, correct efforts that are repeated consistently over time that steady improvement can be made. Now, this takes us into the final quality of a Grand Prix rider, quality number nine, and this is no ego. So once you start to experience some success and climb the competitive levels, it's very easy to unknowingly develop an ego. And this can stop you in your tracks and cause you to put competitive demands above your own horse's welfare. And when you have an ego, you become blind to constructive criticism and can even blame the horse for any of your shortcomings. Now, a successful dressage rider at all levels must have the humility to admit that they always have much to learn from others and from their horse. Okay, so that covers all the qualities that are needed in a Grand Prix horse and a Grand Prix rider. So let's now talk about Grand Prix resources. Because aside from a talented and trainable horse and rider, there are other resources that are needed in order to scale the dressage levels successfully. So here are the three main ones. So resource number one is financial backing. So alongside the regular care and the regular upkeep of your horse, if you want to compete, then you also need to think about the following additional costs. So you will need to pay for all year round training facilities. You will also have coaching fees to pay. You will have to pay membership fees to the organisation in which you intend to compete with. You will also have competition entry fees you may have overnight stabling fees at events and of course you'll have transportation fees which will include vehicle maintenance and also insurance. Now when you're out competing frequently these costs soon start to compile and even if you end up winning many of your competitions and even some championships the prize money that you receive will not cover your long-term competition costs. 
So therefore, it's important that you have the financial backing for your dressage journey. Now, the next resource, resource number two, is team support. Now, although of course you can travel and you can compete on your own, having a supporting extra pair of hands can make a real difference. And this type of support can come from a dedicated groom, it can come from your trainer, it can come from a helpful friend, or even your mum who doesn't know anything about horses. So regardless of who it is, having someone there in your corner to support and assist you on the day can help things run more smoothly, which helps to keep you stress-free and focused on your test. Now, the final resource we're going to talk about, resource number three, is time. And this is often overlooked, but this resource is critical to your success. Because on top of the time that it takes you to care for your horse and meet his daily needs, you also need to carve out time in your schedule for the following. So you need to have regular lessons and training, either at your yard or traveling to your trainer's yard. You also need time to expand your knowledge of dressage theory. So for example, you need time to read books, to watch videos, to attend lectures and take part in courses, etc. You also need time to plan your competition calendar, to learn your dressage tests and also to review your performances. And of course, you need time to travel, to actually do the competing and possibly even stay away from home on a few occasions. Now, when you add all those things together, it's a very big time commitment that should not be underestimated. So that covers the three additional resources that you need in order to get to Grand Prix. But now let's talk about the journey. So how long does it take? Well, it usually takes around five years to train a horse to Grand Prix level, assuming that they don't suffer any setbacks along the way, such as lameness, injuries, or any other training interruption. Now, this time frame, however, is based on the horse being ridden and trained by a professional. So for a novice rider, the journey to Grand Prix is likely to take much longer. Now, the quickest route for a novice rider to get to Grand Prix is to find an already established Grand Prix horse and trainer who will take you under their wing. So you will then be able to learn how to ride all the movements correctly on an already educated horse under the watchful eye of an experienced trainer. And this will result in the learning process being much smoother and it will also prevent you from developing bad habits and making common training mistakes. Now, once you understand the aids, how to position the horse correctly and how each movement feels, etc., you can then think about training your own horse up through the levels. Now, of course, not everybody has this fast lane option available to them, in which case you're going to have to take the slow lane. So most likely, when you're left on your own, 
you are going to encounter more problems and more setbacks. So you must be prepared to make a few U-turns. Now, where possible, invest in the best trainer that you can afford, even if it's just for a one-off lesson, because you will learn more in 40 minutes with a top trainer than what you would in several one-hour long lessons with a mediocre trainer. So always go for the best trainer that you can afford. And to help keep you and your horse progressing along the right tracks, we highly recommend that you become a good student. So dedicate yourself to learning more about dressage. There are many fantastic learning resources that are available online. And the more information that you can absorb, the less problems and common faults you are likely to create. Now, of course, on the journey to Grand Prix, what happens when you get there? Well, essentially, there is a big difference between riding a Grand Prix dressage test and riding a good Grand Prix dressage test. So even once you've reached the highest level possible in this sport, your focus will then be on fine-tuning and perfecting your performance. It's basically a never-ending journey, because as of recording this podcast, no one has yet scored 100% in Grand Prix dressage. So, to wrap this episode up, getting to Grand Prix in competitive dressage is no easy task. Now, although many of the qualities that are needed can be learned, the more innate that they are to both horse and rider, the simpler and the faster the journey to the top will be. And lastly, Remember that dressage has no finish line, so you will always be wanting to improve. So although your overall goal may be to compete at Grand Prix, don't forget to enjoy the process. Because you can have just as much fun and sense of achievement competing at the lower levels as you can competing at the higher levels. Because at the end of the day, Every dressage test requires you to enter at A, to ride a few movements in the middle, and then exit on a long rein. Now, if you have any questions when it comes to this podcast episode, or if you have any other hints and tips that you would like to share with us, then please do so in the comments box at the bottom of the relevant blog post on our website. And to make sure that you don't miss out on any of our other free stuff, our books, our training diaries and competitions and courses, then please don't forget to like and follow us on our other social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter and Pinterest. We truly appreciate you for taking the time to listen to our podcast and we hope that you got a lot from it. For more, don't forget to check out our articles and other free stuff, which is available on our website, howtodressage.com, And pop by Amazon for our range of dressage books, planners and diaries to help you stay on track with your competitions and training. Bye for now.